Okay, here we go. Episode five. I can't believe I'm still doing this, but it just, I love doing it. I'm so glad to be recording at the same time. I'm so terrified. And that's why this is my fifth attempt. I know I say that every time, but it's just so true. I never know how to come up with an intro that is both entertaining. Um, obviously I want an audience and this is the way to do it is by getting people hooked in the first five minutes. We're still doing that. Um, the other thing is that, um, I realized that the other attempts of this intro came out to be very cynical. Um, and the thing is, is that I'm not a very cynical person. However, the, this episode is about someone who was very cynical in my life Um, but at the same time, I want to do justice to the story and what they meant to me and to the, and to their memory. However, they're not with me anymore. So I also don't want to come off as disrespectful or someone who doesn't take anything seriously. Um, this episode is about my grandmother. She did pass away about three years ago now. And I don't want people to think that I'm the type of person that's just only positive. I mean, I am mostly positive, let's be real, but I don't want people to think that I only look at the good side of things and that death is so easy for me. And, um, you know, I'm not like going to be juggling at someone's funeral. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if that's like a bad joke, but I just want people to know that, you know, the reason, a couple things, how about this? A couple of things you should know is that one, I try to always look at the positives of things. I realize that can be annoying. Two, my family has a dark sense of humor. I really apologize for that. But at the same time, it's what get, gets us through um, life and it works and it's how we cope with things. Three, we've had a lot of young people die in my family. Um, Four, my last name is Khan. <laughs> okay, I'll just put that in there. And five, like I already said, this episode is about my grandmother, my dad's mom. A couple more things to try and keep you hooked because we're still doing the five minute thing. Um, old people are not boring. Um, however, I grew up not getting along with my grandmother. Um, but that's okay because, like, she, you know, no one got along with her. <laughs> I wasn't like the only one. Um, she was a bit like, you know, like that old rich lady who doesn't, who just kind of like is there, like, is just this presence that's kind of cynical and kind of cold. Um, however, however, um, after she passed away, I did learn that I think the reason why I have a lot of self-respect, um, is actually because of her. So get ready to learn about a life story, um, that, you know, is, a little harsh. I feel like she had a lot of um, rude awakenings. Um, There's a lot of drama. Well, I mean, for a Muslim family, um, there's a lot of adultery in this family. (laughs) And it starts off with my grandfather leaving my grandmother for a Greek lady. So I mean, like, I mean, there's some drama. Um, However, all of that made one of the strongest people that I knew and grandmother was a strong woman. And I want to share her story because I feel like what happened to her and what I saw happen and what I learned really made me realize that I'm also going to be someone who doesn't settle. And to start, let's jump right in. Um, Growing up, my grandmother, again, my dad and my uncle's mom, was kind of cold. She didn't really show affection like ever. 
So I don't really have very many memories with her. Um, she was just, like I said, always there. Um, she sort of scared everyone in like maybe like a, a way where we respected her but since she didn't like many things we didn't know how to like be around her so I mean I didn't really feel much of um, a connection with her growing up and I genuinely mean that because my first actual memory that I a solid story that I have of her is when I was in seventh grade it was the last day of school, so I was going to go to eighth grade, and my youngest, one of my younger cousins was graduating kindergarten. I hate when they call it a graduation, like a kindergarten graduation, like get out of here, like you're not graduating, you're literally just going to first grade, it's not a big deal. I'm going to be a terrible mom. Um, so anyways, like she was on her way, my school was literally like a five minute walk, um, she was on, she was walking on her way to go to my cousin's graduation when um, she actually got hit by a car and she flew uh, 25 feet up in the air. Um, her hips completely broke and, you know, it was just like not a good situation, but she survived. That's the moral. Like, that's like the, like she survived. I don't know how, don't ask me. I hope I have her genes. That's all I'm going to say. Um, again, like that's my first full memory. So, I mean, I guess it shows that I really don't know. I didn't didn't know her really well. I mean, she was there the whole time, like my whole life, but I just never really got to know her because she would never open up. Uh, then when I was in college, um, this is after my mom was gone, and I also became very cold towards my grandmother. And this was because I think a part of me blamed her a little bit, just a little tiny bit, um, because she did scare my mom a lot. And my mom was just very sensitive and I'm not sensitive, but my mom was just very sensitive. And I would be like, oh my God, it's because of you. She's gone sometimes. And it would just, it was just not a good um, situation between her and I. However, um, everything changed um, because of one phone call, one really small, short phone call between her and I, I was 21 and it was the first time I was in Sweden and I think it was like late September, I was grocery shopping um, and I get a phone call and it's from my house number, which my grandmother was the only one that used a landline. So I was like, oh, it must be her. And I was shocked. I, honestly, I was like, oh my God, is everything okay? And so I answer it and she goes, hey. And I'm like, oh, hey, like, what's up? And she's like, nothing. Um, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm grocery shopping. And she's like, you? grocery shopping there it was <laughs> like that's what I mean this is why I barely spoke to her um and I said yeah believe it or not and she's like well I just wanted to tell you that since you left something's missing and I was like oh my god that's genuinely and I literally mean it the nicest thing she ever said to me, the most affectionate thing she ever said to me. And it was actually the last thing um, she would ever say to me. After that phone call, a couple days later, she had her second and worst stroke yet. Um, and she was hospitalized and my aunt called me and they and she said, you know, this time it's different. Um, book a ticket and come the next day if you can. So I did. I flew home. And it was 
a very different experience than any time else. Um, and I, again, this is the part of the episode where I don't know how much is appropriate to say, but I only want to say the truth and exactly what happened. And this is exactly what happened. I come home from Sweden. My aunt, uncle, and dad come and pick me up. And they're so happy to see me. And I'm like, oh, my God, my family. And they're like, oh, my God, Umber. And so we go home. My aunt's cooked up, like, my favorite dish. The thing is, like, that was my first time not living at home. So it was a big deal. Like, it was, like, the longest I'd ever gone without living with my family. And it was nighttime. So they're like, oh, shower and rest. And then we'll go to the hospital in the morning. Tell us about everything. And I was telling them what it was like living in Sweden. And I was like, wait, am I just visiting? Or, like, what's going on? So then the next day, we go to the hospital. And on the whiteboard in the room where my grandmother was, it had written my name, like my name was written and it was like, oh, just waiting for Umber Khan. And damn, I felt so important. <laughs> um, but also I, I, I realized that, oh, if they're just waiting for me, then I wonder, like, why well, I'm confused. Like, does this mean like something bad's going to happen? Like, what's up? And then the doctor came in and was like, oh, so they were just waiting for you um, to say goodbye. And I was like, oh, um, but she's conscious. Like my grandmother, when I walked in, I started speaking. She couldn't move very much. She was very stiff because of the stroke, but she was able to kind of move her eyes towards me. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Um, how are you doing? And then um, my cousin, Rayon, he's in, he's going to med school. And it was cute, but also maybe not appropriate. We just don't really know how to handle, like we don't we don't know how to behave in situations like this. And basically, like, he would come in every day and would tell my grandmother, oh, Dadi, Dadi is grandmother in Urdu. She was, he would be like, oh, Dadi, like, look, they have new tubes um, in you. <laughs> like, he his mom was like, um, uh, Rian, I don't think, like, Dadi wants to know that. And the nurse would be like, sweetheart, I don't think she needs to know how many tubes are in her body. And he'd be like, no, 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 but look, like, this one feeds you. This one does this. And everyone was like, okay, Rian, like, d that's maybe not the most appropriate thing to say. Maybe she doesn't want to hear that. And then every day we would just sit with her and talk with her. We would ask her like, oh, can you raise a finger or can you do this? And she was she would be able to do these little tasks. And that's just how like the first two, three days went. But then on the third day, we all realized that, okay, she's not getting any better. So some decisions had to be made. Um, and that was the first time like our uncle, my uncle and my dad looked at me and my older cousin, Rayon, um, and were like, hey, so what do you guys think? And that's when both of us were like, oh, wait, shit. Like, I'm 21. He's 19. Oh, my God, we're adults. Like, we have to give input. And it was kind of scary. But I guess the way that I approach situations like this is I think, okay, well, if it were me and I couldn't, like, you know, feed myself, stand up by myself, walk, talk properly, like, I was just like, well, I, I, I know how strong she is. And um, I know she likes to do everything on her own. Like she did all her own shit, like, you know, her own laundry, cooked her own food, cleaned her own dishes. And I don't think if she's not able to do those things, I don't think like she wants to be stuck on a machine is the only thing that I said. But I was like, at the same time, I don't know. That's, to that's me. I like give like my perspective, but then I say, but you know what? I don't know. Cause it, this was the first time I felt something for her and I guess it was love and care and I just wanted her to not be in pain it was my biggest thing and 
I just saw her so vulnerable and I didn't get to say good goodbye to some of my other relatives but for this one like my grandmother like I was like oh you know what it'll be okay like for the first time like I felt like you know what I'll take care of you in my life with anybody and I was like shocked that it was with her and I was like you know what I'm gonna fight for you I'm gonna fight for what I think is right for you because my dad didn't want to you know turn off the machines my uncle had no idea what to do and here's why My grandmother had had a very tough life. She came from a lot of money. So money wasn't the issue, but it was a lot of... So, you know, when they say like money doesn't make people happy. And sometimes I'm like, oh, but I bet it helps. In my grandmother's situation, it really didn't help. She married um, a doctor, classic. Um, He wasn't the nicest man he left her um, and she tried to find him, actually, went all the way to England, started living there, um, became fluent in English, became a fucking teacher in England just to make a living and to try and convince her husband to stay with her. And I can't imagine what that must have been like. At the same time, she was raising two sons I mean, maybe she wasn't the most affectionate mother because she was so angry for what had happened to her. But I guess I understand and because I can't imagine what it's like to try and fight for someone who isn't fighting back for you. So that was her background. And I guess all her coldness and all her vulnerability kind of showed in the moment when she was in the hospital. And that's what made me feel so much for her. That's when I realized that my grandmother, um, after a little while of trying to win back her husband, decided, you know what? Fuck him. Made money. Moved her two boys to the U.S. Settled here. Started over. And... That's when I realized how strong she was. And the decision was made. They were going to unplug her. And we all got in a circle and were saying our goodbyes. Um, Again, my family was just very happy to see someone older, um, you know, having lived their life. Like, you did it, girl. Like, good job. Like, good for you. Um, Now it's time to rest. Um, We were standing in a circle, and there's a a couple funny stories. um, Because I learned something else that day, and I'll get to it. But first, the two stories are, there's a saying in Urdu that we learned that day. Urdu is a language that my family speaks. Um, And it's called... Pala posa. Pala posa means, and I'm saying it with a very heavy accent, so if anyone can speak Urdu, don't come at me. Um, it means you raised to, like you raised great kids, um, but on your own is a, is a thing that you tell someone if they've raised like kids on their own. And they turned out pretty decent. So my cousin, one of them, the middle one who can't speak Urdu at all, 
so cute. He was really trying. And he was like, Daddy, like, polo, polo, polo. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the fuck are you saying? And then Rayan, his older brother, was like, you idiot. It's badapala. And that's not it either. And I'm like, Rayan, you moron. It's bala posa. And then my uncle and my dad, who are trying to mourn their mom, start laughing. And then we're all just like, oh, my God, we're really messing this up. And then um, it was just kind of like this lighthearted moment. And then the second one was <laughs> we were all in a circle again. <laughs> and the same middle cousin, Hassan, he's trying to make conversation with his grandmother. And he goes, Dadi, everyone loves you. And then he looks at me, even number. And I'm like, why the fuck would you say that as she's like passing away? I'm like, that can be the last thing she hears about me. I'm like, Daddy, don't listen to this idiot. Obviously, I love you. I'm sorry I was cold to you a little bit in college, but water under the bridge, girl, like it's totally fine. And then my uncle and dad start laughing again. And that was when my uncle and the nurse even was like, maybe the kids should leave the room. And so we got kicked out. After saying our goodbyes, we had to go wait out in the hallway like idiots because we just don't know what to say. And that's when I realized that if I die tomorrow or next week or next year or whenever, whenever, hopefully, you know, after a while, um, that's how I want to go. If I don't want people to be only mourning and only sad, I want if, you know, there is such thing as like a spirit or I don't know, like someone being able to see after death, I want to be able to see my family and my friends living one last time. I want them to be normal. Just I want someone arguing. <laughs> like I want to see my family as my family before I leave um, forever. And I guess I have that experience to thank for that. And again, I don't want anyone to think that I take death lightly. I don't, I swear. But I, I do think that, you know, um, there's the perf the way that I describe death is, um, so in Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Gandalf the White is explaining to one of the hobbits, Pippin, um, when they're in a, in, in a battle and Pippin gets scared and he's like, well, I guess I didn't think it, it would end this way. Yes, I know all the lines by heart. And he goes, um, oh, I didn't think it would end this way. And then Gandalf the White um, looks at him and says, end? Like, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another part that we all must take. Um, and then... There's an, he, and then he goes on to explain, I'm not going to spoil it, but he goes on to explain um, what happens after death. And that's just kind of like my understanding of death. Thank you, Lord of the Rings. And that's how I feel like after my grandmother passed away, I think I learned the full meaning of life. And with that, um, this is umber like number without the n thank you for listening to this very i have no idea what this episode i i don't know if it had enough um structure but it meant a lot to me because i never speak about my grandmother and i hope you know if she can i don't know hear listen i hope like this episode did her justice and she's not like 
you know, comes comes at me in the comments or something as a spirit. All right, that's it. I'm ending it. Bye. Have a great whatever day you're listening to this, and I will see you next episode.